Hello, welcome everyone. We are so happy to have you here today. My name is Jasira. I have I was actually an ITA alumni, or I still am technically. I took the Chicago course in person back in 2015. Um, and then I went and taught in Taiwan for two and a half years and in Spain for a little while as well before returning to the uh, States. And I now work for ITA. And I've been here for almost a year. We're going to have the panelists introduce themselves. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and start with Sandra from Taiwan. I'm from Taiwan. I'm really excited to talk to all of you guys today. I see you guys are all over the world, which is really awesome. I feel really small. Um, <laughs> I more I anyway, I'm just excited to talk to you guys today. It is 9.11 a.m. in Taiwan right now, um, and I'm just happy to be a part of this. And I took the online course in 2016 and have been in Taiwan ever since and love it. So, yeah. Thank you, Sandra. Courtney. Okay. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Um, happy early morning. It is four o'clock in my mind in Turkey right now, and so it's pretty early, but I'm super happy to be uh, here with you guys sharing this experience and helping to answer questions. Uh, I took the online TEFL course in 2019, and um, Immediately the month afterwards, as soon as I got that certificate, I was on my way to Turkey and I haven't looked back. So I'm excited to share, you know, a little bit about my perspective with you guys. And thank you guys for listening to me. All right, perfect. Thank you. Ambrosia. Um, hi, my name is Ambrosia. I currently live in South Korea. I took the TEFL course in 2018, I believe. And I've taken the three specialty courses, um, two in 2018 and one in 2020. Um, I've lived in the country of Georgia with the Peace Corps where I taught English, and I've also uh, taught English in China, the U.S., and now currently South Korea. And I'm really happy to be here with you guys today. I'd love to hear from Abby. Okay. Um, so, hi, my name is Abby. I currently live in Taiwan. Um, I got the uh, TEFL certificate. Yeah. Hi, Sandra. I was like, <laughs> you're also here. Cool. Um, I've been here for four months. Uh, I got certified in 2019 and had been planning to leave earlier, uh, but due to some family stuff, ended up leaving during the COVID-19 crisis. So yeah, but I'm here and I love it. So it's great. All right. Perfect. Kyle. Is my audio working okay? Can you hear me? Oh, good. Sorry. I'm on. I have weird connection issues. So at least I have the computer working now. Um, well, I'm Kyle. I'm from Tennessee. I did the TEFL course in 2018, I believe. And then over the summer and then in November, I had an interview on Skype for a job in Mexico. And they said, hey, we like you. Uh, here's your visa. See you when you can get here. And so now here I am in Mexico. Thank you so much. All right, so we do have one more panelist, Kendra, who is also in South Korea. Um, but we're having some technical difficulties with that, so we're going to keep trying to get Kendra on board. Um, in the meantime, we're going to start with our questions. So our first question for this evening or this morning, um, if you're over there in Asia, is uh, how do things look right now in the country that you are teaching in? Why don't we go ahead and start with uh, Abby in Taiwan? Oh, yeah. 
I mean, so I'm sure that Sandra can also attest to this. Uh, Taiwan is doing really great. Um, uh, recently in Taiwan, which is where I live, there was a case with a pilot who um, didn't quarantine properly and ended up like there was a little bit of minor spread, but it was all like contact traced. Uh, but people here were like really concerned about like the six cases that came out of that. Um, and like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the next like COVID outbreak. And it was um, really well managed. But yeah, aside from that, like the only cases in Taiwan at the moment are cases that are like they come off the plane and then are diagnosed with COVID or like they during quarantine, they're diagnosed with COVID. So it's not like community spread at all. That's yeah. amazing. Definitely not something I'm surprised by. Um, <laughs> do you have anything to add, Sandra? Uh yeah. So, um, yeah, I would add that I thought Taiwan was like very fast acting when the virus kind of first hit for us. It was January of last year. Um, we've been really fortunate. We have not had like, like lockdowns or like Abby mentioned, we haven't had any like major outbreaks. Honestly, I mean, the whole time I've been here, um, during the kind of the COVID outbreak, uh, it's been like business as usual. I feel a little bit guilty kind of saying that, um, because I know many of you listening are kind of like, having to deal with the effects of lockdowns and things like that. But I say that it's very um, safe. So everything's just kind of been like day-to-day. Uh, work has been more, if not, than before the virus. So we have a lot of like school hours still open. Our school never closed during the whole process. We never went online. Um, so for a lot of us, it kind of felt like we we're living in the twilight zone because everything's just been, we just wore masks, like public transportation, and on like, you know, it's like buses and trains, like taxis, um, and we were met, wear masks at school and they do temperature checks for us and they periodically spray the kids' hands and we have, other than that, that's pretty much it for us here. So we've been very like lucky and blessed to be. I can definitely attest to being jealous of all of my friends in Taiwan right now. Um, Kyle, what are things looking like in Mexico right now? There we go. Um, well, we're on a red light, green light system. And I think two weeks ago, Mexico City has gone from being in the red to in the orange. So things are starting starting to slowly open up again. Um, it kind of sucks being in red light because you can only go to the grocery store and that's about it. So at least now restaurants are starting to open up for outdoor seating, cafes, et cetera, et cetera. Still waiting on the museums to open up so that I can start going to those again. But everyone's wearing their uh, their masks. You, I went out yesterday and only saw maybe one or two people not wearing a mask. And I live downtown in the Zocalo. So actually, the only time I actually see people without a mask on, uh, they're white. And so I'm like, ah, they're probably American because Americans don't want to wear their mask. <laughs> but slowly and surely, everything's starting to open up again. And we have the vaccines now, so that's going to start making things easier. Excellent. Um, thanks for sharing. Ambrosia, how are things going in South Korea right now? Um, I think that things in South Korea are going really well. I actually moved here during the pandemic. I moved here in May. And so at that time in Chicago, everything was closed. You couldn't go to like a restaurant unless you were um, ordering out or ordering carryout. And you like couldn't get a haircut. You couldn't go to the movies or do anything. And I got here and it was so strange because everything was open um, typically, 
like movie theaters weren't open, but people were still eating inside of restaurants. Um, everybody wears masks. It's um, lawfully mandated. If you don't wear a mask, you can get uh, a fine that's like a hundred dollars in American. It's like a hundred American dollars. Um, sometimes you'll see people and it's, I'm not trying to call anybody out, but it's always Koreans that I see doing this, but you'll see people like take their mask off to like sneeze or cough and then put it back on. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's, it's definitely cringy. Um, I feel like foreigners. So like anybody who's not Korean are very good about wearing, uh, their masks just because there is a huge stigma around, Oh, the foreigners brought this here. Um, and yeah, there's definitely some level of blame. Uh, Korea has like a uh, level system. And so it's like levels one, uh, 1.5, 2, 2.5, and 3. I think we're at like level 1.5 now, um, which means that things are open, but everything has to close by 10 p.m. Uh, we've definitely kind of been all across the grid. Like at some, like some schools are still only online and not in person. Um, a lot of people did lose their jobs because schools, some schools completely shut down, uh, private language academy schools during COVID. And um, right now in two different provinces, they're only making all the foreigners get COVID tested again. Like nothing in particular happened with the foreigner. They're just, I feel like in a way they're kind of trying to figure out who to blame for this. And it's definitely coming back to the foreigners, but Overall, I would say that the control is definitely a lot better in the U.S. And I'm thinking it's the masks because uh, it's it feels a lot safer. The numbers are a lot lower and it is more controlled. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's definitely we've got a lot of alumni who are going over to South Korea right now for uh, for a number of reasons just like that. Um, so let's wrap up with Courtney. How are things? I know you're not in Turkey right now, but how are things going in Turkey at the moment? Okay, there we go. Okay, so there's so much better than when the virus initially, you know, started and we originally had to shut down. When at the beginning, everything shut down. Uh, we couldn't go outside, especially children. Um, they could only go on the balcony. Uh, we could only go for adults could only go for uh, runs to the pharmacy and you know essential runs, things like that. Um, during the summer, that kind of loosened, and we were able to go out and enjoy some things. Um, then we shut back down again. We were going back and forth with going to school, and we didn't know if we were going to do all virtual, hybrid, you know, face-to-face, and we were going back and forth, and that was very um, frustrating, to be quite honest, because we didn't know what format we were going to be teaching in from day to day. Um, but now we have a system, kind of like Kyle said, um, the red light, green light system, and uh, most larger towns like Ankara, Istanbul, and Izmir are shut down um, as far as our virtual, all virtual instruction. However, there are some small pockets uh, that are going uh, resuming face-to-face instruction. That's actually happening uh, this, well, it happened this past week. It was testing, and then this, this upcoming week, so starting on the 15th, is going to be actual face-to-face instruction for the smaller towns. So restaurants are starting to open up, but at limited capacity. Um, there's some certain, you know, certain things that are not available, like Turkish baths and things like that. But um, we we are starting to feel a little bit more uh, normal. Thank you so much. All right. So we're going to keep asking some questions that people sent in in advance. Um, so the, for this first question, we had everyone answer. So we got a little bit of information from everyone. Um, 
We'll have just a, a few of our panelists answer um, the following questions just for time. Uh, so the next question, what was the visa process like for you during COVID? Um, why don't we start with Ambrosia since I know that you uh, you came over pretty much right at the beginning. Yeah, actually the visa process for me was really quick. Um, originally I was going to go to China uh, because I'd lived in China before and I really liked it there. Um, and I was supposed to leave in January. And then uh, they're like, oh, there's COVID-19. And at the time, nobody really knew what that meant. And I was like, is this like an actual serious thing? Maybe it'll go away in like two weeks by the time I'm supposed to leave. And then it didn't. And things really kind of just like spun out of control. And so I decided to go to South Korea the first week of February. I decided, you know, I'm going to go there. Um, and I'd actually signed a contract with a school the day before COVID exploded in South Korea. Um, and where it actually uh, got kind of crazy was exactly the city I was supposed to be going to. And so they're like, actually, we have COVID here now. Our school's closing down until further notice. So um, at the end of the month, I signed with a different school. Um, well, I'd like picked a different school, signed with them in March and everything moved so quickly with the visa process. Um, I don't know if it's still moving at that pace, but it was definitely not slow. Um, I know that may have changed, but I signed with the school in, at the end of March and then I was on a plane on May 12th and it was very typical. So like when you go and get a visa, you have to go to the consulate. I went to the consulate in Chicago. The only difference was I had to wear a mask. And um, I had to get, I had to answer a questionnaire at the time. I had to go to a doctor before going to the consulate and answer questions from the doctor, which was basically, do you have COVID? No? Okay, here's your paper. And um, <laughs> I got a paper that said, I don't have COVID, took it to the consulate. And that was fine at the time. Um, yeah, so the visa was very simple process. Thank you. Um, I think we've got Abby next is the only other person who's come over during COVID. So let's go ahead and have, uh, have your response. Yeah. Um, I came over at the end of October. So October 23rd, uh, landed here and then like got out of quarantine in early November. Um, the visa process ended up taking a little while, mostly because I did most of it by mail, uh, not, it back and forth between Ohio and Taiwan, but like, um, the Chicago, uh, Taiwan, uh, cultural exchange office. Um, like I, I would just mail documents to them and they would have to mail them back. So I had to, I, I guess that a lot of the documents that I had to do before leaving were documents that normally people would do after arriving. Um, so like a health check, which included like just general uh, physical, do I have syphilis? Do I have tuberculosis? Had to get like a TV x-ray, um, blood tests, had to get my MMR checked again, uh, ended up having to get a booster because I was like equivocal for one of them, which is, I guess, like not completely immunized. Um, so I had to get that. I had to have it, have it signed by my doctor and like the uh, three other people who worked on me. So the, the person who did the x-ray, the, uh, blood test, and then the person who gave me the 
MMR booster. Um, so I had to remember to have that with me at all three of those locations and actually ended up having to go back uh, to get a signature or two um, because I hadn't remembered to bring it with me on the day that I actually went. Or maybe I was just waiting to make sure I had my results back before I got the signature um, just because I had to check all those boxes and I had to wait a couple days. So I got all those done, sent it to Techo to have it certified. They sent it back uh, like within three weeks. So that was like a three week turnaround. I sent those documents to my employer in Taiwan via email. And then they sent them back maybe two weeks later uh, or like they gave their okay with the work permit to me. Then I had to fill out the work permit and send it to Teco again and have like my visa sent over as well so that I could get, or my passport sent over so that they could put the visa inside of the passport. Um, and then at three days before leaving, I needed to have a negative COVID vaccine or not vaccine, a negative COVID test. And all of the places that I went to, cause I was leaving on a Wednesday uh, all the places that I went to on Monday said, oh, it will take two to five days. So I went to like five different places to get a COVID test. So I had like five tests in a row that day. Um, and then I got into a mild fender bender on the way back home. Uh, and that wasn't great, but I got all of the tests in and uh, thankfully one of them arrived by Tuesday night. Um, and then another like three arrived by Wednesday morning, but by then I was already out the door. So I just used the one from Tuesday. And when I did get to the airport, so I started, I started the whole application process. I got hired on at like the end of June and I didn't leave until October and it kept getting pushed back because there was, um, like this thing or that thing that needed to take a couple weeks to process or whatever. Um, and so when I finally did leave, I was in LA and the person before I got into the airline to Japan and then uh, Taiwan was like, we have to go over your COVID test or whatever. And like, they were really checking it and like making sure it all looked correct. And I was like, please just let me through. <laughs> Cause I was like already probably 10 hours into that flight. And I was like, just please let me go. And they did. So now I'm here and everything's way better. So in terms of like wow. my roommates, my roommates in America and my parents and my grandma, uh, who is actually fine now, they all caught COVID after I left. So I definitely would have had it by now if I had stayed. Wow. What a journey. We're, I'm really glad that you're over in Taiwan now. So that took, am I yeah. counting right? Four Four or five months more than yeah, four months here. Uh, if if you're just starting the end of quarantine, so November, November, December, January, February, and then like we're in March. So okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. So uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about what it's like um, being where you are right now during COVID. So how are you meeting people or new people in the middle of the pandemic? Um, is it difficult to make friends with COVID restrictions? What is your social life like right now? Um, so since this is kind of an open question, does anybody want to start off with an answer? You can raise your hand. All right, Courtney, let me unmute you. 
Yeah. So there, you know, I'm so grateful for the internet and technology and things like that. I, we do, like I said, it, it was, we're going back and forth with restrictions and lockdowns and things like that. So when we can go out, we definitely, you know, uh, the Turks love their, their chai or their tea and, and coffee and things like that. And so, you know, we were consistently at coffee houses, of course, observing, you know, those rules with the masks and things like that and things like that. Um, so we're, it's, it's an outdoor type of, uh, city that I live in. It's right along the Aegean Sea. It's so beautiful. I, I highly encourage everybody to come over to Izmir and, and you know, whenever things are safe to do so. But, you know, uh, walking, I like to exercise a lot. So I, I often see lots of people out and, you know, they're very friendly. They'll stop you, especially because um, it's clear that I'm a foreigner. And so there's a, a certain level of curiosity there. And so, um, or, you know, me just trying to speak in, uh, in Turkish and that, you know, foster some curiosity on their part as well. So um, I'm generally a friendly person and I like to speak to lots of different people. So I'll put myself out there. But when we're on lockdown and things are a little bit, uh, you know, restricted, then we have like an, an expats page and it's your expats page. And there's just a bunch of different expats and, and maybe not even expats, but the majority of us are. And so it's a way for us to ask questions to, um, to state our concerns, to just kind of vent, especially during this time, because we were also frustrated about, you know, being inside. So uh, we have all kinds of things like language meetups or just um, virtual coffee. So it's it's really, uh, even though it felt kind of odd to, to have your coffee, you know, or, um, you know, a meal on the computer, it still helped help to facilitate friendships, you know, and so then when things open up, like I said, we're going back and forth, it's like, oh, hey, let's meet in person in real life, you know, so um, like I said, the virtual component definitely helps, and when we have a little bit of freedom, we go and we use that. Thank you so much. Um, would anybody else like to answer that one? Kyle, perfect. Let me unmute you one second. Thank you. Um, well, I don't know if it's the same way in every country, but uh, there's a lot of expats in Mexico City, and they like to organize tour groups. And so there's a group on Facebook for Americans living in Mexico City, and they'll take a, you know, a trip out of the city, maximum like eight or ten people, just to get out and walk around. I've thought about joining them, but uh, they're touring schedule doesn't work with my TV schedule, so I haven't been able to do that yet. But um, I also live right around the corner from one street that's just full of bars. So if I like, I really need to get out and just be around people, it's very easy to walk down the street, socially distanced with a mask on and just, you know, see people, hear people. Uh, so there's that, which is, which is very nice. Thank you so much, Kyle. Anybody else? Abby. Yep. All right. Um, so I actually, my employer, uh, one of the reasons why I chose them is because they have um, 15 months rent-free at a dorm uh, and with other like expats and uh, like, so the foreign teachers here, um, which includes me and like um, a lot of other people who are starting just in their first year or first year or so. Uh, so I've been able to meet a lot of people through that um, because once I got out of quarantine and like stopped, uh, was through with the one week of self-monitoring where you're not really supposed to go out. Um, everybody like goes out and does stuff again because Taiwan is relatively safe. Um, so we've actually gone to bars. Uh, we've gone like out and like done social activities like uh, 
even though it's winter, like at the beach, because some days have been really nice here. Um, and everybody here wears their masks. Like uh, all of the Taiwanese people here that I've seen, um, all of my students wear masks. And like, so we, we've been able to actually like go out and do things. Um, I think that some of them have gone to like movies, uh, but I haven't gone to like the movie theater yet. And, um, and then like a lot of the connections that I've made have been like through other teachers or like teachers that those teachers know, um, or like people who have been teaching here for 10 years and left like my school, but still live in Taiwan or still do like other things. So, um, mostly like through being in a dorm, which has been like sort of mixed bag, but overall uh, good for making those connections during a pandemic. So, yeah. Thank you. All right, Ambrosia. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I uh, also, when you like move here, uh, there are a lot of expat groups on Facebook in uh, South Korea, if you choose to come here. Um, and also the ITA uh, Instagram page has been very helpful because I know ITA, sometimes they'll share a post and they'll say, here's this person in this country. And I don't know about everybody else, but I usually get a couple of messages every time that happens and people will ask you questions. And then a lot of people that have talked to me have come here. And so I've met so many ITA alumni in South Korea and they don't all live near me. Some of them live across the country, but you have to remember uh, South Korea is probably like the size of the state of Illinois and the infrastructure here is different. So you can take a speed train to go visit somebody and it's only like an hour and 45 minutes to go across the country and hang out with somebody. Um, it has been a little bit more difficult to make friends here, but uh, just because of COVID, like you can't go out and do as many things depending on what the level is. And then you kind of have to like operate around people's work schedules. Like I work in the evenings versus everybody else I know that works during the day. So it's like polar opposite schedules. Um, but with the ITA page and so many Insta or, uh, Facebook pages, there are a lot of opportunities. You just have to put yourself out there and that can seem really difficult, but it does pay off. So like there's a page and it's, uh, they have a page for basically everything here. Like there's expat women in Korea and there's like 5,000 expat women who are in Korea who are in the group. Uh, there's like people who like to craft in Seoul. There's a American football group. Like there's so many groups for basically everything you could want um, and so that is very helpful. I actually met two of my good friends here because one of them had posted, uh, all of my friends moved home during COVID and now I have nobody to celebrate my birthday with. Would anybody like to come? And I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> and so like five like strangers came together for this girl's birthday. And now two of us, like three of us still all hang out and we do stuff basically every weekend. And so it's stuff that maybe you wouldn't typically do at home, but you just have to like have like a few seconds of just like insane, embarrassing bravery. And it'll make your experience so much better, especially when it comes to making friends during COVID in a foreign country. What an amazing story. I absolutely <laughs> um, 
have to agree, Facebook groups for the different countries or cities where you're in are phenomenal ways of meeting friends, of meeting people, of finding uh, different um, groups that might interest you. So definitely look those up wherever you're going to end up going. Um, does anybody else want to answer that question or can we move on? Okay, um, so let's go ahead and move on. What is your work-life balance like right now? Um, and for those of you who were in your respective countries before COVID hit, um, how is it different from how it was pre-pandemic? Let's actually, Sandra, could you answer this question? Because you've been in Taiwan for a while. Yeah, so I've been in Taiwan four and a half years. And um, I would say that the balance of my life is so much better now. <laughs> in the U.S., I was working like 40 plus hours a week. Um, I was, you know, constantly getting phone calls all night, all day. Um, it was a lot of stress. Um, here, it's just an easier life. Um, like some of the teachers mentioned, our hours are different. So uh, for me, the earliest I usually have class is like 1.30 or 1.50 um, in the afternoon. So I can spend like like chilling out or can Netflix and binge night before um, or can do yoga or can relax or can go to the movies uh, or go to the mall or go shopping or whatever. And then the classes usually are until like nine. That doesn't mean I work specifically one to nine. Those are just like the times that you could potentially have classes in between then. Um, so, you know, I can like, you know, come home, cook dinner, or I can order food and deliver to the school. Uh, I just work Monday through Friday. Um, so it's awesome because that's for the countries that I'm in on the weekend. Um, and since everything is open, um, it's difficult for us to travel like outside of the country and come back in because of the like 14 day quarantine. Uh, but we're able to travel freely in the country. Um, so I can easily go to the coast and go to the beach, um, or I can, you know, go to mountains or I can go to waterfalls and, you know, later on, these like tea fields. Um, I'm doing things I would have not, you know, in the U.S. I just like drove to lunch or like, you know, hung out with my friends for dinner about it. That's about it. But it's so much more adventurous because there's like so much more to like life that I can see. So I think my my quality of like my I feel like I'm not I'm not working to live anymore. Uh, so it's definitely been like a, a a weight off my shoulders to like really enjoy what I'm doing, but then also be in a country where I'm making really good money, can save money for once, uh, and feel like I'm just you know overall a lot happier. Thank you so much. And has that changed at all since COVID started? Not much, right, for Taiwan? Yeah, I mean, it, it really hasn't. Everything's just been the, the same. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I can't say that I've had any um, experiences other than just feeling a little anxiety with my family and friends that are back home and kind of hearing their experiences. Like, it was like everyone's like, get out of Taiwan, like, come home, come home. When it first hit, and we were kind of panicked, like, what should we do? Should I go home? Should I stay here? Uh, and then after about a month, we started taking action really fast. My parents were like, wait a minute, I think maybe you should stay here. And I thought, you know what, you guys get masks. And I was shipping masks from Amazon to my parents saying, I have a feeling it's coming there. Uh, and my mom's like, okay, I'm wearing a mask. Like, they all started listening to me. And then, you know, 30 days later, boom, it hits. And they're like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you stayed there. Like, can we come there? And, you know, you know, right now. Um, but I, I'm definitely so grateful that I, uh, I stayed. So being here before and after it, you know, it, it's, it's it's been really um, good to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, again, I'm very jealous of everyone who's in Taiwan right now. Um, who else would like to answer? Courtney? Yeah, so I went over right before COVID started. So I got a, a little bit of a taste of what 
some normalcy look like in a private school in Turkey. And I loved it. I taught maybe at the very most six classes a day. Um, They were 45 minutes and very regimented. Like we have five different campuses in my school across um, in is and through some other uh, cities and everybody teaches the same we all have to teach the same thing like it's very very uh concise and, and regimented. um but it was easy the fact that you know we had our set hours uh school day for me and school at 8 45 i would get out of school by 9 45 so i would you know do grading or or um some something work related required on I'm during the on the weekends, um, but that's not me not used to as a teacher in the United States. Um, but COVID hit and everything went what was I feel like we started working harder than ever before. Um, well, there was a question for you. Um, where are you teaching in Mexico? Which I know the answer is Mexico City. But um, what resource or resources did you use to locate your teaching position? ITA Facebook group, I always tell people looking for practicum opportunities, look for language exchanges, look for people in Facebook groups wanting to learn English. And that's where I found my job was in an English teaching, uh, sorry, an English teachers in Mexico Facebook group. And so I wrote on there, you know, a few times a month, hey, I'm looking for work. Here's my credentials, et cetera, et cetera. And then someone reached out to me and they said, hey, actually where I work, we're looking for um, a new English teacher. Are you interested? I said, well, of course, it's where I want to live. And it ended up being the the boss's wife. And uh, so that's how I found the job was on the Facebook group. Thank you. Yeah, the Facebook groups are um, amazing, amazing resources um, that I I definitely use quite frequently. Um, so we actually had a question from uh, Laurel. Um, has it been harder to engage with the locals and the local culture? And this is for everyone or anyone who wants to answer. Um, so has it been harder to engage with the locals and the local culture? Have you found that to be possible at all? And I think we can talk about both pre and post COVID or not post during Ambrosia. Sure. Thank you. So I came here during COVID. So my experience is obviously a little bit different. I don't have a comparison for what it was like before COVID. Um, but I've actually engaged quite a bit with locals. I mean, uh, there's always my students who are all locals. Um, their parents are, I mean, they've always been kind to me. Um, and so I don't hang out with their parents or anything, but like in my neighborhood in itself, uh, like there are so many restaurants, like in my building, I live in a apartment building. You just go downstairs. There's like a seven 11, um, little corner stores, a supermarket across the street. And, um, like people are just super nice. Like if I don't go into the corner store, it's called the E-Mart, like two days in a row or something, the guy's like, where have you been? And so like people start to like recognize you and they just kind of like expect you to like become part of their day. Um, I've also met local like Korean people when I've been out with friends. And uh, I know when I lived in China, there was something that I called like the celebrity effect. People would like want to take pictures with me and like come up to me if I was out like little kids and be like, can I practice my English with you? And that really hasn't happened here that much. Um, Korea is very westernized. Right. And so like um, 
there are a lot of like the American military is still like present here. And so, I mean, there's like a Texas roadhouse across the street from my school. And so, (laughs) I mean, the celebrity effect hasn't really been a thing here, but you'll still get people and it's always young people. And by young, I mean, people under like 35, um, they, uh, will come up to you and they'll want to be like friends with you or like dance with you if you're out like in a, club or a bar or something like that. And I'm actually friends with a couple of people that I met while out like at an Irish pub um, who are locals. And so I feel like it's been okay. I know like sometimes people who were here before COVID, they'll say like, oh, did you, you know, I had somebody hold their mask tighter when they saw me. And I mean, yeah, maybe that happens sometimes, but it doesn't happen all the time. I wouldn't even say it happens often. And so yeah, I would say overall the experience has been very good with locals and uh, the local culture. Some things have been closed. Like I want to go to like museums and things like that. They're still closed uh, quite a bit. I'll have to check again to see like when, if they're going to reopen anytime soon. But um, yeah, I would say overall, like doing stuff with the culture, like food wise, very possible. Um, Traveling, if you want to travel in the country, super possible. Going to temples, everything like that. You can do it. Um, right now, which is great. Thank you, Ambrosia. Does anybody else have an answer to that question or should we move to the next one? Okay, let's go ahead and move. Um, So this is actually a question for Courtney. Um, Somebody would like to know what happens uh, with your kids. Do they just go to the school that you work at? One of the things that I was really, really excited about was the fact that I want them to be immersed. I wanted them to be immersed completely in the culture. Um, basically throw them in with the shark, so to speak. Um, they actually, in the United States, they attended an immersion Spanish-English school. And they, we've always been really language-based and we've always attending different cultural festivals and things like that. So they already had a value for, for uh, language and culture and differences in people and really, you know, accepting those things. So I prepped them and I said, you're going to come to school with mommy. It's not, immer- it's not um, dual immersion. It's, there's no English. It's just Turkish. And they said, tell me, how are we going to learn? And I said, you're going to have to listen. You're going to have to take notes. You're going to have to read body language. And that's exactly what they did. And of course, they had peers. To, you know, they all had peers that were assigned to them. They had some pullout lessons specifically in Turkish every single day. Uh, so that helped. But like I said, when COVID came and we had to do virtual lessons, we were in the house and I um, speak very little Turkish uh, and I couldn't help them with their technical, you know, science stuff or their history or, you know, uh, religion or anything like that. So it was really a struggle there. And I kind of had to ask for my, my, I've made some connections with my colleagues and I said, please help me. What does this mean? Can you, can you help me with anything? You know, and with four, it was just pull my hair out (laughs) at certain points, but we made it work, you know? And so, um, they're, they're Turkish is still quite rudimentary, but I know that if we would have still been in the school and if they would have continued with those, you know, patio experiences with their peers and like those conversations over lunch, they would have been really, really, you know, um, quite advanced. So um, it's just, you know, it's the, um, it's because of the circumstance, but it it was still a great experience. Thank you, Courtney. Um, And I just Mm want to add a note that um, I know a lot of you have questions. We're not going to be able to get to all of them. We do have well over 100 attendees here today, um, but we are pulling just a few. And please email your student affairs advisor. 
this weekend after this event today uh, to get answers to your questions. Your student affairs advisors will be able to answer the vast majority of these. All right, so next question. We actually have quite a few questions um, talking about vaccinations. Have you been vaccinated or not? Are there any plans to get vaccinated in um, your respective countries? You know, any sort of updates um, on that? Let's uh, actually, let's start with Abby since we just heard from uh, Ambrosia. As far as I know, uh, the vaccines haven't started rolling out in Taiwan. Um, I think that there, I've seen some discussion of that maybe happening in the fall. Uh, I think part of it might be that it's, considered lower priorities since Taiwan has it under control pretty well. Uh, but also like, I think it's been going to like the countries with more COVID cases uh, and like higher populations anyway. Um, I am excited for the vaccine to come here. And if I can go, if like America gets, uh, you know, things together well enough that I can go back and get vaccinated, then I might try to do that. Uh, if, if it doesn't look like it's going to happen soon, but yeah. Yes. Thank you. It's, it's going to be a while. So. Yeah. Um, Ambrosia. Yeah. So uh, Korea's actually had the vaccine since about November and they started vaccinating people in February. And so 1% of the population has gotten the vaccine and they have uh, like 20 categories and it's kind of like a tier system of who gets the vaccine and when, and right now they're in like the, sick elderly category and then it just goes to elderly and then you know people over this age people over this age people in certain industries that they work in um teachers and people who work with children are like category eight which means that they can start being vaccinated in july and so this summer um uh people like me can start being vaccinated which is exciting um, I'm super excited to get the vaccine. I've never, I never thought I'd say those words, <laughs> but, uh, about like getting a vaccine, but, um, yeah, just because I feel like it'll be a big relief. Um, yeah. So we're working on a tier system. Everything's kind of on a tier system here. Thank you, Ambrosia. Um, Kyle, do you know anything about Mexico? Um, right now, I believe it's just the elderly and the sick that are getting it. I don't know about any other availability for, you know, normal people, but my sister just had a baby. And so I might be going back to the U.S. to visit the baby. And if that happens, I'm going to be getting vaccinated while I'm there. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, Courtney, anything, any updates in Turkey or from Turkey? Yeah, so it's the same as, as what Kyle was saying is that there, there's certain people that um, are are um, up for, for vaccination. So at this point, it would be the elderly and those that are sick. Um, I'm not quite sure what the timeline is as far as, you know, when teachers might be or, you know, um, other groups and in, in other industries. But similar to Kyle, I'll be going back to the United States uh, very soon. And so I intend to um, uh, hopes, hopefully I can qualify to um, be vaccinated when I'm there. So um, that's my plan. Thank you, Courtney. Um, so real quick, I think I'm just going to ask maybe two of you to respond to this briefly, but what type of teaching resources did you wish that you had brought with you when you moved abroad? Um, Sandra, do you have an answer to this one? I know it's it's been a while. 
Um, uh, it, that's a little difficult because it's a little weird. Um, I bought like all of my grammar books and all of my books I bought from ITA, for all that stuff with me. Um, I would say that um, when I initially started, um, I wish I would have brought lightning um, horses. Like I give stickers out to kids. Um, and when I first I was like, where do I get spacious stuff? Where do I get stickers stuff? Now I know where all that kind of stuff is. Um, but um, other than that, um, I think I would have um, maybe brought over uh, as far as like teaching stuff. Um, little, uh, maybe like um, some like, things to get gain attention, the classic little puppet and that kind of stuff. Um, I did use some, some things now, but initially when I first started, like the school was really good about kind of getting a box with like your own markers, um, games and stuff. But a lot of it was things that teachers left over. Um, so bringing like some workers or bringing a little puppet, just teaching like little guys, um, or just like locks. It just some, like, I wish I would have kind of brought some stuff with me that when I started, um, stuff to use, but that's about it. Thank you. Uh, Ambrosia, was there anything that you had wished uh, you had br brought over to South Korea? You're good now. Sorry about that. This like whole virtual life has got me feeling like the sprint guy that's like, can you hear me now? Every time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I actually didn't really bring much with me um, just because my school, it is set up where you operate on a very specific curriculum. And so a lot of the things that have come in handy for me are things that you can find online. And so um, just because I know luggage weight is a big concern for pretty much everybody, I'm sure. Um, if you can find it online, try not to bring it with you, especially if you are like planning to like country hop when it's safe um, and travel and do things like that. Uh, the online world is very handy now. And so like there are different outlets where you can get like different teaching ideas um, for different lesson plans and things like that. Um, YouTube has a tutorial for just about everything. Like yesterday I uh, did a lesson on uh, different types of flight mechanisms, mechanisms. And um, my student and I, we built different paper airplane designs um, and saw which one handled uh, flying the best and like went the furthest based on the design. And honestly, um, that was not planned, a planned part of the lesson. And so I kind of pulled it like out of my hat, um, like the day of. And so, uh, yeah, online has a lot of channels for you to use. Um, I know ITA has several really great resources, um, especially if you take the specialty courses, um, which shameless plug, I guess, but um, uh, they'll give you different tools to use and suggest and things like that. Um, there are also like YouTubers and people on social media who kind of have turned their like role into being like TEFL teachers who have like YouTube channels or Instagrams. And so um, you can use them as a source as well to get ideas because just because I know like planning for lessons is really like the main thing that you need ideas for. Right. And so like if you have a book, then it is very helpful, but you'll always have those same like however many ideas are in that book. But if you use the internet, it's kind of like an endless fountain of information. Um, so yeah, a lot of things you can get online. Uh, if you like to read, I guess 
I wish I would have brought like an iPad or something to read because as I'm saying, like, don't bring a bunch of books. I've actually have a bunch of books here <laughs> that I've bought since I've been here. And so I guess bring something if you like to read books to download your book copies so you don't have a whole library. <laughs> that's a that's a great point, Ambrosia. Um, we we hear that quite often that people wish that they had brought brought a like a Kindle or a, a what have you with them. Um, so Courtney, I know you also wanted to answer, but uh, we actually are going to try to wrap up with our final <laughs> question. So, and for this one, I'm going to ask everyone to answer just briefly. Um, this is actually a pretty easy one to answer. Uh, all things considered, is now still a good time to teach abroad? And Courtney, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, yeah, no, now is definitely still a good time to teach abroad because you are getting your foot in the door. Um, you're having another experience, even if it's an experience that you've never even thought of. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And I didn't know that I was going to fall in love with virtual teaching and, and become, you know, feel uh, powerful in my abilities to, to be able to do so. Um, and so you, you never know. This experience might just be the jumping off point for something even bigger and better. So right now is a great time there, you know. Now is the time to refine your skills, you know, get your feet wet. Um, I, I think that there's so many opportunities and I think that you just have to really seek them out. Um, but I think that now is as good a time as any to, to go ahead and, and start on um, or not just online teaching, but teaching abroad. Uh, thank you. Uh, Ambrosia? Me next? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think, yes, it's a great time to come abroad to teach. Um it's it's probably not like normal right now uh, by any country standards, but if you've never been abroad before, if you've never taught abroad before, you have nothing to compare it to, right? And so like you will only know this and uh, teaching abroad, it is what you make it. So if you want to be super immersed in culture, you can do that. Um, if you don't want to be super immersed in culture, you can make sure that happens too. Like um, I know in Korea, you could go to a historic Korean temple during the day and then go on a Costco trip at night to get your groceries if that's what you want to do. Um, and so I think it's definitely a good time to teach abroad, um, especially if it is something you decide to do for years in the future. This will probably be the most like difficult that it will ever be just because it's difficult for everybody right now. Like there's a pandemic going on. And so um, don't let the COVID virus deter you. Um, there are extra channels you'll have to go through, but um, it's as good a time now as any, especially because a lot of places have a little bit more uh, typical freedoms than um, America, if that's where you are right now, uh, just because they are handling the virus differently. And so you may find that you actually have more opportunities in these countries that you're going to. And um, education looks a lot of like it looks different everywhere you go. Um, so teaching online, teaching in person, whatever it is that you do. Um, yeah, you We'll just have to adjust accordingly, but it is definitely possible. Uh, if this virus has taught us anything, it's that people can adjust. You just have to be willing to do so. That is so true. Thank you. Um, Abby, one sec. Sorry. There we go. It should be good. All right. All good. All right. Um, so definitely, yes, I think it's now is a good time to move abroad um, or to, to teach abroad. I think that's still a good game plan if this is what you want to do. Um, definitely all of my teacher, like all of my fellow teachers, my like co-teachers, uh, expats, 
Um, everybody have been like super helpful to me uh, getting started here. And I definitely, the only regret that I have is that I didn't leave sooner because it would have been nice to be here before COVID hit. Um, but I am very glad to be here now. Thank you. Kyle? Well, the jobs are here. So as long as you don't mind being online, there is work. More people, I think, are wanting to take classes now because they're also stuck at home. So they need something new. So as long as you don't mind you know, being on the computer, the work is there. That is definitely true. Um, there are jobs in Mexico uh, right now. You're just going to be teaching online for for a while um, until you're able to teach in person again. Uh, all right. We're going to wrap up with Sandra. Okay. So the answer is yes. Come to Taiwan. It's open. The process is happy. It'll be good for you. Everyone know now. It's a lot faster. Sorry it took you so long. Um, it's about two months now. So two to three months fastest thing is getting your medical check done as soon as possible if you want to come to Taiwan. But yes, come to Taiwan. It's beautiful. Um, it's an awesome country. It is open. So please come to Taiwan. Um, if you have any questions about the country or moving to Taiwan, want your job or just anything at all about the country, um, you can feel free to send me a message on Instagram as Sandra explains it all. And I am going to be happy to help you. Uh, so to my new friends, kind of all around panelists, thank you so much for uh, joining me on this call. And I'm just excited to talk about Taiwan. So the end, yes, come to Taiwan. It's open. You can teach in person. You can meet tons of cute little guys, middle schoolers, high schoolers. They're all awesome. The people of Taiwan are very friendly, very welcoming. I just can't say it enough. Come to Taiwan. I uh, definitely second that. Um, it's, uh, it's a wonderful country to be in, as are all of the countries that are represented here today. So that's all for today's uh, event. As I mentioned before, if you do have any questions, if you didn't get a question answered today, please reach out to your student affairs advisor. Also, join the Facebook groups for these different countries. Uh, I think most of our panelists here today are pretty active in their respective Facebook group or on Instagram. Um, a lot of a lot of the the panelists here today have been in our Instagram posts, are featured in the posts, are tagged in them. So um, check us out on Facebook and Instagram to find out more about uh, these wonderful people and potentially reach out to them to get your questions answered. But again, you can always contact uh, ITA. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming. We really appreciate it. Have a great night or a great morning. <laughs>